Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we have our Giants-Washington preview. Thursday Night Football, Week 2, I'll be honest, it doesn't feel right. Like, it, it, it feels like a middle of the season, you know, the season gets rolling type thing. But it's like, we're we're still, Week 1 is a big week, and now we're we're on the Thursday Night Football. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, uh, I love kind of getting it out of the way. Um, I love how we started on one, so now it's going to be quick. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off no matter what. We win this Thursday. We win today. We're releasing We're releasing an episode on game day, which is kind of fun. We win today, and we rip the Band-Aid off, and we're 1-1, one on one, or we rip the Band-Aid off, and we're 0-2, and then we're really, really sad again, um, which I hope does not happen. Bobby Skinner, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we're going we, you know, to give our takes on it, and then because it's a divisional rival, we don't have an interview, but we will have, we will have our, our uh, fantasy draft. Did we're we just get an email? against the spread in Giants Factor. Did we just yeah. get an email at the same time from Reddit? No. Anyways, but I, I got it from a Patreon user. And speaking of Patreon users, this episode brought to you by a lot of people. We got James Britton, who his name isn't spelled like the country, or Zach Britton. We got wow. Christina and Chris Bauer. Our backup tight end in college name was Tim Bauer. How about that? Um, Brett G- D, just Brett D. Brett D's nuts. Ham Sandwich, which is not his real name, I'm going to assume. Matt Steele, like the chainsaw brand. Ray Ryan Falduto. That's mm. Italian. Another oh, yeah. Italian. Nick Bongiorni. I mean, that almost is so Italian. It seems fake. Joseph McWade, which reminds me of Tevin Wade more than it does Dwayne Wade, which is no. like, that's, that's how you know you're, the New York Giants have broken your bra- brain, that when you see Wade, you think of him instead of Dwayne. We got Karen Chopra, and then Haldel Halvis of Brazil. Justin, who are all these multicultural people all these wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants and for two dollars a month and then there's some other tiers if you want to extra support us but two dollars a month you get to hang out with us as we record the shows live so thursday night tonight we are going live probably after midnight to recap the game so if you want to experience the fresh emotions of are you victory, going to the game no i'm not going to the game oh, okay i wanted to i wanted to i would have had to get a hotel and um, I wasn't going to drive home and then record. I wasn't going to you know, do that and wasn't going to try and record from the car. So, yeah, I'm, I will not be at the game. I'll be doing some videos from home, and uh, we're going to win. I have I have this good feeling. I'll spoil alert for the for the game prediction at the end. I'm feeling really good. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. So experience the emotions of victory with us by hanging out with us. You don't have to wait for the podcast or YouTube video in the morning. And also, Bobby will send you a free magnet. You get some opportunities to win some free shirts with some raffles. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thank you to our patrons. We love you. All right, let's talk about this Washington game, and we'll start on the Giants' own front with the injury report. Uh, Evan Ingram's not playing. You know, I don't think we expected him to play. Cam Brown is out. Um, But the big one is Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux is out. And we'll talk about how this might, you know, uh, jumble the offensive line a little bit. And here's just what I want to say. I hope that this injury doesn't, like, kind of wreck his season. Because it was very limited. It was less than 20 reps on Sunday. But he looked like a better player. Like, my heart will break if he's done for the season because he looked like a better player, especially in, yep. in past, uh, the past game. He was always a good run blocker. And that's what, you know, I wasn't panicked about Shane Lemieux going into the season. I think he could have definitely upgraded, but I was not panicked about Shane. I was panicked about right tackle, and we're seeing that's rightfully so after week one. But, man, it's, I, I feel for the guy because I, I hope he can get back in there because he, you know, it's a small sample size, but he looked like a different player. Yeah. Uh, especially pass pro. I mean, he looked like a better player. I think he looked like a new player in pass protection. You know, like you said, he always looked good in, in, in as a run blocker. But 
just the footwork, his choppy feet, his, he was strong, he was using his hands well, you know, he doesn't have very long arms, but he was still using his hands, and he was using variations of different punches, depending on what the moment was, and if it was a quick throw by Jones, whether it was a five-step drop, I mean, he really did look like a different pass blocker, and for me to notice it, you know, Bobby, you're an O-line guy, and you're actively looking out for that kind of stuff, and, you know, I will always kind of you know, side to you on things, but for me to notice it too, and to be like, wow, you know, he really made those vast improvements um, week one, and he was hurt. Out of all the guys that were hurt this summer and basically missed the entire summer, he would have been my least likely choice to look the best out of all those guys like Rudolph, Barkley, Galladay, et cetera, et cetera, Tony, et cetera, et cetera. But good for him. I really do hope that he does come back strong uh, because his presence of not being here, and depending on what the Giants think of Bredesen, um, his presence of not being here affects other people, which stinks. Well, let's let's talk about what the Giants will do at O-line in the absence of, of Shane Lemieux. Now, Ben Bredesen played the majority of the game on Sunday. But the beat reporters, when they were at practice the other day, basically every single one hinted at Nick Gates moving to guard. You know, and they're not allowed to tweet out, like, personnel, like, you know, what they see. Um, and I know there's only a certain portion of practice. But... That and other things, like, kind of, to me, give me the idea that I think Nick Gates is going to be moving to guard this week. I think they want to see what they have in Billy Price. Maybe they like Billy Price more than Bredesen anyways when they brought him in. Bredesen, I don't think, really did anything to, like, force himself as the starter there. He wasn't, he wasn't bad, but he was, you know, there was... There wasn't really like any like, wow, this is some really good reps from Bredesen, where when you watch Billy Price, you can see him just move cats in the run game. Now, I, I worry about him running the offense at center, um, but and we'll, we'll see how that works out. But I do think Gates is going to be moving the guard, and they're going to see what Billy Price looks like at center. And if it looks good, I think they'll stick with that throughout the season, and maybe maybe they bench Will for Shane if Shane gets healthy, or or even a Bredesen if they want to play Bredesen over Will. Yeah, this is so wild. We're going to have a bunch of different O-lines this year. Um, I hate to do that I was talking to earlier, but I was talking with um license plate guy earlier, and he's like, he's like we're going to have like a week nine graphic where it's like, this is only the second, this is the first time in the this season where this the O-line is the same in back-to-back games. I hope that's not the case because offensive line continuity is a real thing. And especially when you look at, you know, I can imagine there there may be a week where we struggle in pass protection and we're good in the run game. And you know, last week was a game that we were good in pass pro and we were bad in the run game. You know, so I hope that this unit can get some sort of continuity and they can find some sort of lineup that fits. And what worries me with Billy Price at center, it is, it is those call-outs. You know, Washington, I don't, <laughs> this is not the week in my opinion to, experiment with the different like kind of pseudo you know play caller at center the guy that's calling out the protections and stuff like that i don't think this is the week to do it you know you have the interior guys uh on the on that washington front which we'll talk about we already know the edge rushers that they have and sweat and chase young i don't think this is the week to uh, kind of flip things around and you know uh flip things on their head you know if they feel that strongly about price over bredesen then sure i guess but it makes me nervous that nick gates has established himself at center and I think he can be good at guard, but it's just who are you going to put at center and how is he going to do calling out those protections? Yeah, my worry isn't Gates at guard. It's like, like I hope we're not playing musical chairs with our good player and, yeah. and Nick Gates for, for players that may not be good. Because if, if Bredesen starts, I'm not like, I'm not worried about him starting, you know, like from what he showed. Um, you know, and like, and you know, you think about circumstances, guys moving sides and stuff. This is why I hate recording at 645, because it's like everyone on my street just starts revving motorcycles. Hey, it's the end of the day. Anyways, um, lost, lost my train of thought. Is um, With Gates at guard, I, I, Gates will be a good guard. You know, center and guard are very similar positions as far as blocking-wise. Um, so I'm not worried about that, even though this, this D-line will wreck your life, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Gates is looking forward to playing guard. Like, to be like depending on how he talked, I uh, believe it it's was an interview. a more fun position to play. It was an interview with Zach Rosenblatt, and you know he was talking about you know I'll, I will play literally wherever I have to play, and Nick Gates always has always has this notion, despite being given a contract by the Giants, he's like no, he's no longer on a rookie deal. He was given a contract extension by the Giants, but he always has this mentality of I could be cut any day, and it's like, dude, I don't think you're going to, but you know, think if that's the thing that that gets you to continue to work, then go for it, and that's what makes these athletes world world class athletes. Um, but I think he enjoys playing guard the most out of all of them. Um, and you just said it was the most fun position, right? 
Yeah, out of center and guard. I mean, center is, is it's a stressful position. Um, but this D-line will wreck your life. You know, you got Chase Young and Montez Sweat who are, you know, they get all the shine. But Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are beasts on the inside. And yeah. speaking of Nick Gates, you know, the Steelers game was probably his worst game of the year last year. His second worst was against Washington. Like, th- like this interior defensive line is no joke. And they will, you know, run some nose tackle stuff. So it's like, all right, we're going to see how, you know, maybe how Billy Price looks against like that, you know. So this D-line... Uh, allows them to do different, th- you know, different things with coverage because they can trust their guys to get there. Now Thomas had success against um, Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat last year, but uh, it's you know this is gonna this can be a matchup for a long time. Those two, and I don't expect Andrew Thomas, even if he's a top guy, to win that matchup. Chase Young is a real deal player. You know, he's going to be an All Pro player in the NFL uh, eventually, if not if not right away this year. And then Montez Sweat's a beast as well, and he's got, like he can take advantage of guys. So. This is a tough matchup for uh, this front five. You know, they I thought they did well last week. You know, Daniel Jones was the least pressured QB in the NFL um, on Sunday. But, like, this is, a, this is a different matchup than what you're getting from Denver. Like, I would rather, you know, maybe Montez Sweat. No, Montez Sweat is an upgrade over uh, Reed. Uh, Chase Young's probably an upgrade over Ch- uh, um, Vaughn Miller. Miller. And then you got the two inside guys are definitely upgrades over what Denver has. Yeah, Jonathan Allen had three quarterback hits, a sack last week. So seeing how those two talented interior guys now, Grant, I'm, I'm worried about right tackle, but on, but honestly, I am more worried about the the different looks that we may be getting on the inside with the Giants' offensive line, and therefore, um, you know what what Daniel Jones can do to manipulate the pocket if there's pressure coming up the middle, because he did do a good job when there was pressure coming from that right side. Um, last week with, you know, Nate Solder, you know, it's, you talk about the metaphor all the time about a car crash. It's an easier time to manipulate the pocket and avoid a car crash when it's happening in front of you and when you can see it versus when it's happening maybe behind you and you're blindsided and you can't see it. So, I mean, Jones looked a lot better moving the pocket and like in a, in a long time. And that's something that we've both agreed has been an issue um, from his rookie year. If, if there was anything from his rookie year. I want him to get better at it. It wasn't like, oh, not fumbling. Obviously, you want him to not fumble, but it was like, start manipulating the pocket better. So it seems like when he can trust his blind side and Thomas and whoever's at left guard, which Nick, and maybe that is the reason they moved Nick Gates to guard. It's like, we trust Nick Gates at left guard, and we'd see Jones can maneuver the stuff better when it's right in front of him. Yeah. Um, That Jones can be better at that. Now, this was thrown out there Nick Gates being put at right tackle. And I want to get your opinion on it because. I actually think Nick Gates would be the best right tackle out of Matt Parrott, Nate Solder, and him. But I want to get your opinion on it, bef- like just on if on doing it, not if can, he can what if he can do it. Would you do that um, if you thought he would be the best out of those three? I yeah, you I would. would. Yeah, I, 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 I would wanted. hate. I would hate it. I would hate it, and I don't want to do it. But I if if there's a if there's a point in the season. Where Nate Nate Solder did not wreck, he had bad plays. Nate Solder did not wreck the Giants game last week. But if there is a certain point where Nate Solder and Matt Parrott are wrecking this season, then you have to do it, and you have to have Billy Price at center, or, and then Ben Bredesen, Shane Lemieux at left guard. You got to do it. I want it because I do think he'd be better than those guys. Uh, you know, going off of what we saw in 2019 with him at tackle. But at the same time, training for tackle and guard. Like guard and center are very similar the way you train. Tackle is not. It's a totally different position. And Dan- and Nick Gates was practicing at ta- like he was a tackle that year. You know they he was the swing guard as well, but he was a tackle that year. Every you know every practice he was practicing a tackle. He hasn't practiced a tackle since then. You know like you know since the last time he played tackle was against Philly week seventeen in two thousand nineteen. All right, but think about it like this. Nick Gates has taken more recent reps at tackle and right tackle, specifically right tackle, than Nate Solder did before this training camp. I'm not debating that he would be better than Nate Solder. What I'm saying is I don't know if if Nick Gates would be a good right tackle. It'd be an upgrade, but I don't. I'm not sure he would be good there. And why take a position of strength and move it into what into like a, maybe a, a position of average or below average? Yeah, you know. But if but if Nate Solder and Matt Parrott are wrecking this season, and we are looking at it as in like we we have to do something or else you know this this Daniel Jones is in jeopardy, and if that if we are getting to that point where we are saying that, then I would not be upset if that did happen. 
can't believe this is a week two conversation, but <laughs> like this is a you know, like if we made up this segment in the off season, I'd be like, this is a little too gimmicky. Like I feel like we're just making up topics, you know, a yeah, little little too sports radio. Yeah, yeah, this is this is brutal. But anyways, um, offensively game plan stuff. Washington is another team that's trying to stop you from getting. You know what? I'm kind of getting sick of that talking point though, because the entire NFL is is getting to that. Like they're trying to stop you from getting big plays. Yes, I mean, the, Bob, what have I not? I mean, obviously, you know, Giants coaching staff isn't listening to me, but you know, am I? I've said it for two years now, and I feel I feel really bad for repeating myself. I really do. I wish I could come up with something different. The NFL is a league of producing explosive plays on the offense side of the ball. It's a league of stopping explosive plays on the defense side of the ball. The best defenses in the NFL stop the explosive play. The best offense in the NFL produce it. So guess what the key is? It's to rise above that. That's yeah, you, the, that's the key. <laughs> yeah, ex- I agree. You, I mean, the Giants, they ran way more too high last week than they did um, last year, and I think they're going to get away from that. I don't think they're necessarily going to get away from man coverage, but I do think they're going to get away from running too high safeties. Running too high or single high? Too high. They ran a lot of too high on on Sunday. Okay. They also, I mean, I also thought they ran more single high than they did last year too. Yeah, but at the same time, they didn't not more than they did last year. But the Rams ran the most too high safety looks in twenty twenty. What do you think the percentage was? Um, I'm gonna say sixty seven percent. Forty five percent. I was a little off. Um, so I think the Giants are gonna get get back to that. Um. But offense, like last week, Keenan Allen had, you know, nine catches for 100 yards, and Kenny Alda is not as good as Keenan Allen. And Mike Williams, eight for 82 and a touchdown. So there's big plays to be made. I mean, if you look back at them last year, their D-line was still really good. You had an Austin Mack 50-yard play in that. So there you can you can get stuff downfield, yeah. you know. And and, I, and guess what? What did Denver try? What does Denver try to do and do better than a lot of these teams? Like, you know, they run the two high-stop big plays. I mean, I, I brought up the stats, and I could pull them up. Daniel Jones... In quarters one through three, so not including garbage time, on the downfield concepts where there's two routes that are designed to go 15 plus yards, not just th- not going deep, but just routes that are designed that way. He was six for six, averaging over 20 yards per attempt in the touchdown. On the other plays, he was 12 for 24, uh, and and he was averaging like two yards per attempt, or he might have been six for 12. I, I can't remember, but it was yeah. it was very it was very low, and it's it's kind of something we've been preaching for a long time. I pointed out that Colt McCoy did better that way. I mean, and I guess this can talk, we can talk about Jason Garrett, man. I am deflated. I really am, man. And you're seeing people from the outside pointed out too. I am really defa- deflated that Jason Garrett's the OC. You know, he he was the guy last year. I, I never called for him to be fired midseason. Um, but the day that the season over, it was like, you guys, they, they should fire him. They didn't. Well, they made, they added pieces. You know, it's continuity. You know, you add a Tony. It's like, okay, maybe there's going to change some things. They they move Freddie Kitchens. And, man, it was the exact same, if not worse. I yep. mean, it was it was the exact same. Like, they didn't use Kenny Galladay. And you have people from the outside looking at this and be like, what are they doing? Like, this is not what Daniel Jones is good at. And now we have numbers behind it. And now it's going to turn on Joe Judge. It's going to turn on Joe yep. Judge, man. And, and this is where Joe Judge, if he can – change this i'm not giving up on this offense i'm not there's too much talent to give up on this offense and it will get better but i think with jason garrett as the offensive coordinator i'm not i'm not having hope for jason garrett to get better it's just that the players have to execute perfectly you know like daniel jones had Daniel jones had plenty of mistakes on sunday you know but that is that is our biggest issue with jason garrett and a talking point is always like well why does everything have to be perfect around daniel jones it does not. But you know what? Everything has to be perfect around Jason Garrett for Jason Garrett to succeed. Yeah. And that's just – that's a disgrace in today's NFL. You should be looking to get an offensive coordinator who is an advantage, making things easier for your guys. And Dan Orvlosky, like, called it out today. He's like, everything is tough. Where have where, where does the scheme make things easier for their players? No. And this is going to turn on Joe Judge, and rightfully so. Like, we've given Joe Judge a lot of praise, and I'm not out on Joe Judge. I know people are very reactive to week one. I'm not out on Joe Judge. But if it continues throughout this year, it's going to be hard to defend uh, Joe Judge. Yep. You know, and that was my fear. I said it on the the mailbag or last mailbag of the offseason. I said, that's my fear. My worst fear this year is that I'm going to turn on Joe Judge because of the offense, because of the same reason why we turned on Pat Shermer with his defense. It's hof- It's hopefully not going to come to that when it comes to Joe Judge and his offense. I believe Daniel Jones only had one incompletion when he threw further than 15 air yards on Sunday. 
Um, so it was can, that fourth and goal, Kenny Galladay. When they, you know, it was kind of like they. Well, were, that was that wasn't fifth. Was that fifteen air yards that he threw? Or that? not fourth and goal? Um, it was it was fourth down. It was you know how they did the sticks on that one fourth and goal that I called out. It was the drive previous to that. Okay. Yeah. Remember they just kind of threw it in the back of the end zone and yeah. over. It was a bad throw by DJ. So yeah, there was only one incompletion when he threw the ball further than fifteen air yards, and I, I will never understand this whole notion of, oh, is it. You know, Jason Garrett, that doesn't trust Daniel Jones to 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 do well and to throw it deep consistently. It's like, well, how can you how can you sit back and say that when you look at the data that has been since 2019, 2020 last year, and then even oh, you know, you still sit back and you say, well, is it Jason Garrett doesn't trust Daniel Jones? Every single attempt that he had a 15 plus air yards, which by the way, it's it's not easy to complete deep balls. It's not. It's, it should be easier to complete in the intermediate part of the game. You should have like a 70% completion rate when you're throwing it less than 10 air yards. And then when you throw pl- over te- over past the sticks, that's when your completion rate should be less. But for whatever strange oddball reason, Daniel Jones' completion rate is much better when he's throwing it past the sticks. So, you know, it's, it's, it's we're, we're in an oddball world. But here, So here's the optimistic side of things, Bobby. I said on Sunday, and this is even before I looked at any data. I didn't look at any data. I really didn't even look at anything. So this is eye test. This is eye test matching the analytics and the stats, which I liked. I try to do that. That's what I try to say. I said on Sunday, I thought the offense moved the ball well, and I put the percentage of 65% goes to the defense blame, uh, 35% goes to the offense. I thought the offense moved the ball well, and the the eye test does match the, the, the advanced stats. Where EPA, they were exactly in the middle, right in the middle in terms of EPA and how well they move the ball and their expected points at. And then DVOA, which that metric doesn't even come out till Wednesday, DVOA, defense value over average, they had the Giants offense ranked 11th. I truly do believe, I truly do believe, and I'm not really a wait-and-see person or let's see what happens, but I'm willing to do that for this game today. I truly do believe that the Giants had more opportunities on Sunday to move the ball and score more points on Sunday that they would have done it against the Broncos. If the defense gets off the field on third down, and they have more opportunities to do it, let's see it. I do feel that they are going to put up more points against Washington on Thursday. I would hope they'd put up more than seven points on 13 <laughs> in garbage time. I'm very confident they're going to put up more than seven points, Bobby. I'm uh, very confident. <laughs> well, let's let's move to the defense, and let's talk, you know, Washington. Here's kind of the, the quick scouting report on their offense. Well, they got Charles Leno and Sam Cosme at offensive tackle. Um, that's where their weakness is on offense, is those two guys. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick and his seven dropbacks last week, he had a sack, four pressures, and two hits. Um, and that's by Pro Football Reference, who was a lot uh, more conservative with their uh, their pressure stats. Yep. Tyler Heineke had 15 dropbacks. He wasn't sacked, um, but he was hit twice and pressured three times. So not not horrible, but not, not great either. That is their weakness, is getting to those guys. So can our edge guys, who didn't really do anything special last week, and Lorenzo Carter and Aziz and O'Shane didn't really do anything, can they get around those tackles? And can you give Leonard Williams reps um, doing that? Because uh, Heineke, Heineke's a starting quarterback. He can make some plays. He's, I don't think, I think he has a pretty weak arm, um, and he he can be inaccurate and throw the ball high. So I do think the Giants are going to kind of get back to their roots a little bit, not abandoning man coverage, but getting getting more to bringing the safety down. And I think Jabril Peppers needs to play over eighty percent of the reps. I'm going to save that for a different segment in this show. Spoiler alert, giant factor. Um, and, you know, like last week, Xavier McKinney made mistakes. You're like, you know the 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 drop by Kenny Hamler? Kenny K- KJ. Hamler. KJ. KJ Hamler. That was on Xavier McKinney as much as it was on Adoria Jackson. Yeah. You know, like he got, he bit up on the play action and didn't bail back out. And then the post was open. And that's the issue with the cover four too high stuff. So, um, you know, this offense shouldn't be good they got terry mclaurin deami didn't really do anything in week one but and curtis samuel's out so our defense should be able to have a good game against their offense yeah uh, especially with curtis samuel being out and deami not having the the best of week ones obviously terry mclaurin is going to be terry mclaurin and he's going to make those insane bananas catches um but i would love patrick graham to have those confusing looks um and alter things pre-snap to post-snap you know, go back to your roots. That's what I'm saying for this game. Go back to your roots. Don't I? I now it's kind of crazy how we're saying don't get cute with man coverage and blitzing. 
uh, because usually that's like the <laughs> well, that's you like can the... still do that stuff. And not yeah. having Curtis Samuel makes me feel a lot better about doing that compared to Jerry Judy. You know, Adam Humphreys versus Judy is a two different animals. But still, my whole thing is that don't get cute. Go to what works. Go to what works. Go to what literally got you game-winning interceptions last year against Washington, where it confused their quarterbacks. You know, go back to your roots and go back to what this secondary knows how to do. That is my ask and that is my want. You know, if if the pass rush isn't going to get home with six, then guess what? You know, it's not going to get home. You know, just rush your four guys and then play coverage on the back end. You know, and that's what happened last week. You know, and they, obviously it's a weaker offensive line, most likely, but I am more inclined to prioritize back-end coverage than I am blitzing and hitting the quarterback. I just am, and I'm never going to change from that. Well, and, and do both, you know? Like, I'm, I'm, I would abandon too high more than I would say just man coverage, you know? Yeah. But also, when you're in man coverage, play play appropriate. Like, they were playing man coverage last week, and their safeties were playing, like, 20, 25 yards off the ball, which is, like, it's kind of like a, a, a half-assed way to play man. Like, you're you're it's it's you're afraid to get beat, beat deep, but you want to play man coverage. It's like, well, man, they're going to find matchups, you know, like – Jerry Judy versus Darnay Holmes or Julian Love and, and man coverage isn't going to work. And even James Bradbury got beat a few times. You know, uh, Noah Fant was beating Jabril Peppers. So, you know, like you said, I, get back to your roots. Mix stuff in, but get back to your roots. Start bringing that safety down into the box yeah. and uh, and, and playing your game. And they're going to yeah, stick Graham's, to the run uh, if long as it, we don't, like, take a two-score lead. Like, Gibson had 20 carries last week. Yeah. And they were behind for um, a good chunk of the game, too. It was a a relatively close game. Graham's blitz rate was like 43% last week, which was fourth highest in the NFL. And his average blitz rate last year was, uh, you know, when he compiled the whole season, it was 25.5%. So that's almost double. So a little bit more balance. That's that's what we're asking for. Go back to your roots. Get back to a balanced defense. Um, Trust Leonard Williams to get home. He had a couple QB hits. He had two pressures last week, too. Um, Finish sex. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I if I Leonard Williams is like my runner up for giant factor this week. I was thinking about him or the other guy that I'm going to pick. So, um but Leonard Williams, I let, let's let's get that first sack of the season. Let's make it on a big moment on third down. You're muted. Good job. Anything else you want to hit on before we uh we go into the weather? No, don't don't sleep on Taylor Heineke. Um, he, his CPOE was really good last week. It was like the, the fourth or the fifth best in the NFL last week. And out of all quarterbacks, don't sleep on him, but hit him a little bit, confuse him a little bit. And, you know, he'll, he'll look like a, an average quarterback. So force go, him in the mistakes. Giants. Yes. I would love that. And you know what? We're, we're, you know, we're officially on the week two week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off week two. DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 in any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If sports, if Sportsbook is not available yet in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prices up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let's take a break. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on Danny King for weather and trivia, question mark? There's trivia this week. I brought the trivia back. We got it. Brought out the weather map. Last Sunday wasn't good. It was uh, The L actually didn't go towards Denver. It, came, it went right towards East Rutherford and just made us all very depressed Giants fans on Sunday. You gotta love it. But there the was. This hold on, I have a joke. I have a weather joke. Oh, joke, joke. There was a tropical depression mm. that came in. Ha ha ha, mm-hmm, ha, mm-hmm. ha ha. I know there was a hurricane in a, the Giants' parking lot on Sunday. That it was a one-man hurricane. We all know who that was. It was snacks. It was snacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the weather for Sunday. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hot and humid. It's like not hot. I should say it's gonna be seventy-four and humid. That that's hot for a football game, especially at that. Uh, Washington football weather. team stadium, FedEx Field. It's a dump. No one, 
No one like oh, oh everyone get ready for the obligatory uh, media tweets that they're gonna talk about how much they hate the the press box there. It happens every single year. But yeah, mm-hmm. seventy four at kickoff, humid. It's gonna be have eighty nine percent humidity. Winds five miles five miles per hour out of the east. Feels like seventy five. So it's just gonna be humid. So if you're going there, wear shorts. Wear some shorts. Wear some short sleeves. Looking at you, Chris. Wear shorts. Trivia. Trivia, trivia, What's, trivia. 74 is really nice. That sounds nice. That's like beautiful. It is not, That's football weather. But it's the humidity. That might just kill the mood a little bit. And it's just That's a terrible right. stadium. It's a terrible yeah, stadium. Yeah, it's just a terrible stadium. <laughs> I, well. I need to get to Washington. I almost went there on the Thanksgiving game, the game before I, Eli got benched. Because tickets were like it. five bucks. You would love I, it. That was a game we fought about going to, but obviously we didn't. And honestly, it wasn't for the, the worst. All right, so the Giants have won the, two, the previous two-season series against Washington. Now, my question for you guys is, when was the last time the Washington football team won the season series against the Giants? So, 2-0? They swept the season series. Was it the 3-13 year? 2017? Justin, do you have an answer? Yeah, that's my guess, too. 2017. That is not the answer. Beat the Broncos, Chiefs. That is not the answer. The an- Do we want to give the answer now? Do you want one more guess? No, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna say 2013. Bobby, you sick? No, 2013. You? We I remember we split because that was the RG3 year. No, I don't know. No, I I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. According to my research, the answer was 2011. 2011, the Washington Football Team beat the Giants 23 to 10 in the first meeting, and then 28 to 14 in the second meeting. Now, follow up question: When was the last time they swept the Giants before that date? Like, just swept them 2-0. Oh four. Oh four, uh, Bobby. I don't know. 1999. Wow. Was the last time the Washington Football Team swept the Giants before the 2011 season. There you go. Look at that trivia fact. We, I couldn't remember any of the trivia questions from last year, so I was like, "Let's go season series." No way, I did that one. We play them well. We do. That's the one happy. team we usually. And do. we play a different QB every time. Who's like last time <laughs> was Alex true. Smith. Before that was Kyle Allen. Before that it was Dwayne Haskins. Before that it was Case Keenum. Um, before that, I it forgot. was Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson. Before that, uh, was it Alex Smith again, maybe? Um, and then before that, I don't even, uh, Kirk Cousins, I guess? Yeah. So. I forgot we took Kyle Allen's ankle. I forgot about that. We break everyone's ankles. Like, <laughs> I thought Jerry, I thought we broke Jerry Judy's ankle. Like, I really, like, that looked like his ankle broke. But, uh, yeah, the fact that was just a sprain is beyond me. I, and I hate watching that type of stuff. <sighs> and they had to challenge it as well. They're like, oh, yeah, he was down. All right, so let's do our fantasy draft. Um, it's, if this is your first time listening to a preview, we do a fantasy draft of players only from the Giants game. Uh, so um, good way to preview matchups, and we keep score. Funny enough, we always joke about how it's like, you know, we pick 12 players from one game, and then it's the players we don't pick that score. Well, literally two of the touchdowns last week we didn't pick, and we didn't pick Melvin Gordon, which seems really dumb looking back at it. But I think we were just so high on the Giants. We're like, we're taking our backup wide receivers before we're taking their backup running back even though he's their starter, and their backup tight end, who was like, we don't even know how to pronounce his name, scored a touchdown. So I will be going first. Um, I had the worst scoring matchup last week with 27 points. I'm 15 points back. Justin will be going third and snaking back with uh, 30 points. And then Danny won the week with 43 points, even though his second overall pick with Kyle Rudolph was a horrible pick. I just had to make it clear. Danny was first. Okay, shocking. Had to make clear. You started off first last year, didn't win, and I'm I'm winning this year. All right, so I had the first pick this week. (laughs) Damn. And you know what? I'm going with the guy who won day of the game last week. And Washington, it's like, who who on that Washington team is going to give you like a solid out and guarantee? Like maybe McLaurin, but you know what? Maybe they really focus on setting down McLaurin. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's getting touches no matter what on this Giants offense. You could see Kenny Galladay not getting involved because Jason Garrett's an asshole. You could see Saquon not having a good game. But Sterling Shepard is going to, he's the consistent, and I want to win this week, and I'm going to just take the consistent pick. I am going Sterling Shepard one one we made the mistake last week we over we over uh thanked it too much and so you just gotta get <laughs> you, back to basics you, we didn't overthink it you, you picked Kyle Rudolph. okay sorry I, all right fine i might have overthinked it if fuck kyle rudolph would have been a game changer okay big deal <laughs> who looks really bad by the way kyle rudolph <laughs> oh <laughs> he looks so bad uh, i'm just gonna take terry mclaurin uh, te- terry mclaurin uh, Saquon, don't trust him. Kenny Galladay, I legitimately thought Kenny Galladay was a giant until the fourth quarter when Daniel Jones like, oh, let me throw to our million-dollar wide receiver. So just give me Terry. He's going to get points. And, I mean, J- James Bradbury didn't look anything special. I'm not saying James Bradbury's going to be terrible this year, but he didn't. He just didn't look anything special. So just give me uh, 
uh, Terry. Bradbury will be fine, but Terry McLaurin is he's a good he's gonna he's gonna get his in this game. So I like it. All right, Justin, you got a uh, back to back picks. Yeah, I'm gonna do Antonio Gibson because he's uh, you know he's he's guaranteed some volume. Um, I think you know, Washington showed that last week. We talked about that kind of like in the early part, where even though Washington was losing and the game was pretty close, um, they were still giving Gibson some carries. And he's also good for doing PPR. He's also a good receiver, too. Um, so that's noteworthy, too. Where was he on your big board? Uh, I, you know, I don't really make a big board, Bobby. My um, first round was, uh, it went one, three, two. I had Gibson third and McLaurin second. There you go. So I was hoping Terry would fall for whatever reason, but that didn't make sense. And then I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. I mean, come on. Like, you know, you got the criticism. You got you got the criticism last week of, oh, you didn't use your 17 million wide receiver. And the one time that you used him in a contested catch situation in garbage time, it actually worked. So, come on. Let's get Kenny Galladay involved. Let's use some vertical routes down the field. Same thing with, like, Darius Slayton, too. And the one time that they did that, that worked. So, come on. Let's, let's start to use the guys that we actually got here. So, Kenny Galladay and uh, Tony Gibson are going to start my draft. I thought about starting with Kenny Galladay for all those reasons. Like, they're going to have to involve him more this week. But I was like, you know what? I, I went safe bet. And I usually try and go for the home run. But Shepard is the safest bet in any fantasy draft yeah. house. Um, so, I, I thought about it because Galladay could have, like, his coming out party as a giant. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not – you know, Washington has decent corners in Fuller and Jackson. But, like, nothing special. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, Galladay is a good pick. All right, Danny. Your uh, second pick, fifth overall. Gonna be a bad guy here. I'm gonna take uh, Logan Thomas. No, uh, no fan did good against the Giants defense last week. I'm a big Logan Thomas believer, and he's and uh, Taylor Heineke. That's gonna be someone he can use in that short and intermediate pass game. And and Logan Thomas can easily bust open some big plays for that Washington football team. So give me Logan Thomas. Also, I'm not afraid of. I mean, I'm afraid of Taylor Heineke starting because I believe he's just a complete wild card. You can either get the greatest quarterback of all time. Or the worst, and I think we kind of saw that in that Bucks game. So give me Logan Thomas. I think Logan Thomas is not that good of a tight end, but he just like always puts up consistent numbers, and I think it has a little bit to do with Scott Turner's um, scheme, which I really I like Scott Turner a decent amount. Um, you know, and he's not too new age. He does try to keep his offenses balanced, but yeah, Logan Thomas is is a good pick. But here I am with you know I had the first overall pick, which means I have the last pick of the second round, and who would have thought? That this guy is still on the board. And I know it wasn't a good week one. I know it wasn't a good return. But at some point, he's going to have to make some plays, right? Say Quan Barkley. I am picking with my last pick in the second. I mean, he's our starting running back. He is our starting running back. He got 10 carries last uh, week. Had uh, three targets. Only one catch. Um, you know, and, and if if Daniel Jones doesn't stare him down in the end zone... We maybe he maybe has a receiving touchdown. Like I actually like that play call from Garrett and Jones just uh you know store, stared him down, and that uh, allowed the corner to come off Slayton and and make the play. So I am going Saquon with this pick. Next, do I go Giant Giant Giant? I feel like that's kind of dangerous, but I don't trust really anyone on Washington squad. I'm going I'm going to go Darius Slayton. He's a starting wide receiver for us. You know he had uh you know three catches for whatever you know like fifty something yards last week. Uh, or maybe even sixty. Uh, yeah, Dar- I, I'm I'm going Darius Slayton. He's he's a starting wide receiver. Um, yeah, I'm going Darius Slayton. I just repeated the same thing like three times in a row. It's a good pick. Yeah. After this, it gets kind of ugly. I don't really know who I want to pick here. My I'm board not, is I'm not... shocked though. Like we've picked seven guys. And my top seven on my big board are off the board. So I mean, I'm not I'm not taking Rudolph. I'm not overthinking again this week because he did nothing last week. Kadarius Tony really, really slow. He looked awful. Uh, Kadarius Tony's not going to probably do anything, or maybe they want to get him involved. I don't know. I'm probably just going to end yeah, up him taking. Involved. They'll be like, here, come in two plays. We're going to defense. We're giving Kadarius Tony the ball. Yeah. Uh, Brown's out, right? That's the rumor, or is that confirmed? He's out. Diami Brown. Yeah, Diami Brown. Is he I out? Or am I? So. Am I, crazy? I, I saw their injury I thought, report. I thought, who was on the? I'm, I'm confused. So if. I might be losing my mind. But uh, so if he is there, which I believe I might be going crazy, give me a, a Brown. I just feel like he can give me some points. And I just I, – there's no one else on the Giants that right now I can believe in. Kadarius Tony had like five plays and all, and it was just negative. So just give me Brown. I wanted De'Ami Brown my last pick because he was my guy in the draft. He had a bad week. I think all the – there was so – think about this. 
Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, and Deami Brown. Three rookie wide receivers that a lot of people like. What do you think their total yards combined were? Uh, man, his total yardage? They had four catches combined. Four <laughs> The three of those guys together had negative eight yards. They all had negative <laughs> <No> yardage. <laughs> what? That's funny. Um, That's so stupid. So, so Deami, he was next to my big board. All right, Justin, you're, uh, you got last two picks. All right, um, I'm going to go Adam Humphreys simply because he got two catches last week and he got some volume. Um, and if you know if, Deami, if there is questions around Deami Brown, then sure, Adam Humphreys, you're going to be the guy. He did have more catches than Deami Brown last week, and he's going to attack us in the slot too. I got to go. Uh, I got to go with the Giant. <clears throat> I got to go with the Giant. I'm going to go Kadarius Tony, just for shits and gigs. Damn it, Justin. Yeah, t- Humphreys was a good pick there. You know, he's he's you know with Curtis Samuel out. Deami, we don't know what his involvement is going to be. And the Giants' nickel uh, spot right now being a team that's part of teams are going to attack. Humphreys is a good pick. Tony's is just a total wild card. But I guess yeah. that's what the fourth round is for. All right, Danny, last pick. I don't know why I thought uh, Brown was out. I'm just losing my mind. Uh, just give me J.D. McKissick. He had he had 20 carries. Uh, I feel like he can maybe break one for a decent bit against the Giants. So give me J.D. He was top five in receiving yards last year amongst running backs, so. Oh, but they didn't pass, really use him at all last week, though. He had one, no, they didn't. one carry, zero catches. Even Jared Patterson, who we talked about in our draft previews, I, I like. They only got, he only got one carry, but he was a rookie. All right, that, that's just so sad that that's where I was at. I chose some guy that had one carry over literally anyone else. <laughs> no, but I mean that's smart. I mean you didn't know it, but you know a guy that led that was top five in receiving yards last year against uh, receiving big yards as running backs. It was a big brain move. That's right. I was thinking big about brain him. Move. I was thinking about him. So, all right, so. Next up on my this is my last pick. Next up on my big board would be Devontae Booker. But they showed last week that Devontae Booker is not going to get touches down near their goal line. I don't expect him to get any big plays. So I'm not going Booker. Like I want my last pick to be a splash. Do I go Kate? I'm not going Kyle Rudolph. I'm I'm not writing on I'm not ever even considering Kyle Rudolph until I see him make a catch ten like over ten yards. He looked really bad. So I can either go Caden Smith. Or Cam Sims. I almost want the chat to decide for me. Caden Smith or Cam Sims. What would you guys pick? And be honest, because it's not going to have any effect on me. I just wanted to hear your guys' opinion. Caden Smith for who you said? Cam Sims. Cam Sims. Cam Sims. (laughs) Cam Sims. There's just no trust. Cam Sims, he scored a touchdown versus us last year. Yeah, there's just no trust in this Giants offense to involve. Uh, honestly, this would—if there was a week to take Booker, it's this week. Just based off the fact it's a short week and how realistic, how much are they going to push Saquon? Obviously, depends how he feels. But this would be the week to take Booker. But obviously, he only got me two points last week. I'm gonna go Sims. I just don't want to have—I don't want to like have my fantasy team be all Giants. And it's like, are you on crack? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Cam Sims. So, to recap, I have Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, and Cam Sims. Danny, you have Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Deami Brown, Jason. But you have all Washington, J- Danny. J.D. McKissick. So, we can see who you're rooting for. Justin has Antonio Gibson, Kenny Galladay, Adam Humphreys, and Kadarius Tony. By the way, Justin, a little tip for the fantasy drafts to pander to our listeners. When you have back-to-back picks, always pick the Giant first because it makes you seem like you believe in the Giant more than the Washington Oh, player. that is true. It's a good it's a good tip, but thank you. It's like if anytime I am in the snake, I always pick the giant first because it's it's just great pander material. Yeah. All right. All right. It's time for giant factors. I get to go first this week. And I'm going to go out with a guy who's been getting a little slander this week. And he's going to be pissed off this week, too. Want to know why? One, he didn't have a great game week one. He only played 50% of the reps. <clears throat> I'm going with Jabril Peppers. One, Pep always plays good against Washington. Both his interceptions as Giants have been versus Washington. He gets sacks versus Washington. He gets tackles for a loss versus Washington. But if I'm Jabril Peppers, I am pissed off this week. Not only my coaching staff, but now on the outside, it's like, oh, Jabril Peppers is just an average safety. Get the hell out of here. Justin, where was Jabril Peppers for pass breakups as a strong safety last year? Number one in the NFL. Number one in the NFL. Where was he for tackles for a loss as strong safeties? Second, only to Jamal Adams. Had three sacks. This guy is a playmaker, and I do not like to slander for him. And it happened last year when he gave up a touchdown versus Boston Scott in that Philly game. Like, oh, uh, Pep isn't th- Pep is anything special. Like, bull crap. And he was put in bad situations versus a, a very athletic, you know, a top 10 tight end 
top 10 pick in Noah Fant with man coverage with no help. Like, I'm sorry, not many safeties are going to win in that, uh, like in that situation. So don't put him in those situations again. And I'm going Jabril Peppers to make plays, to make sacks, tackles for a loss, and hell, even maybe an interception. He's going to play pissed off this week against the world. I know he has that me versus the world mindset. Jabril Peppers is my giant factor for week two versus Washington. Love it. He had some key pass deflections last year against Logan Thomas in the middle of the field. I mean, really, that that Washington game, that first Washington game that we had last year, that was like almost his coming out party after playing kind of bad again. Well, you know, I don't want to say played bad against Boston Scott, but he had that play where he had that it allowed that touchdown and it was just an insane throw, insane catch. And that was really his coming out party where we wanted to challenge Bro Peppers to be a playmaker and not just be good, you know, you know, kind of like in the old 22, but be a playmaker where we can see it on Sunday. And that was his coming out party against Washington in Washington. Clearly win the battle versus Logan Thomas. That's my challenge to you this week, Jabril Peppers. All right, Danny, who's your giant factor? I mean, this might seem like a cop-out, but there's only one clear... Like, the same thing with Jabril Peppers, like, the whole talk against him. I mean, it's, it's Daniel Jones. I mean, like, it's just insane the talk that has happened against him this week. And all, it's all warranted. We had the fumble. I mean, obviously, didn't play as bad, but, like, that fumble is what stands out in people's mind. I mean, we got, like... Uh, Zach Rosenblatt wrote a good article. Like he went through past press conferences of Daniel Jones and just listed like what he said about turnovers. And Daniel Jones saying like, "Oh, I gotta get better. I gotta get better." I highly recommend that article for anyone who hasn't read it. But Daniel Jones has to get better with uh, not turning over the ball, and he did that again last week. It cost the Giants to drive it, turn momentum for uh, Denver's favor. Just put together a solid game. Don't make stupid mistakes. And I'm not still not over that ball he threw in the triple coverage against Denver last week. That still blows my mind. But just. Play a consistent game of football. Don't cost your team the game. Silence the doubters for a week and just prove that you can be the quarterback of this team for one game. I don't care if it's Washington. I don't care if it's the, whoever it is. Just please prove you're worth the investment the Giants had in you and just do something, Daniel. Make us feel good for a longer week heading in the week three. Four and overs, Washington. Go five and oh. Own that team, Daniel Jones. All right, Justin, who is your giant factor? Speaking of owning the Washington football team, Saquon Barkley's last two games that he has played in FedEx Field in Washington. 2018, in a 40-16 win, he had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a touchdown. He also had four receptions for 27 yards. 2019, at Washington, in a 41-35 exciting win. 22 attempts, 189 rushing yards, one touchdown, and a total of four receptions for 90 yards and a touchdown as well. Saquon Barkley, um, I think your favorite stadium to play in as an NFL pro is FedEx Field. Um, I, and I, <laughs> I certainly think that is true. His two, his two best games as a pro in terms of the two games that he has rushed the most yards in, 189 yards and 170 yards, and I am confirming that right now because I'm looking at his, uh, his game log and pro football reference. Those are his two best rushing games of his entire career. I'm getting a little doubt. I'm getting a little doubt about Saquon Barkley. I am not liking the time that's spent behind the line of scrimmage. I am not liking the efficiency metrics. It is week one. You were working your way back from an injury, so I'm, I'm giving that pass to you. But even if it's in limited opportunities, in that Washington game in 2018, you got 14 carries. You got a little bit more in 2019. But you made you are a guy that can make damage and can do damage with limited work. Go out there and do it at least be efficient, maybe give me a play of 10 to 15 yards and get fans kind of back in your corner. Because even though the run blocking maybe is not that great, you are expected to do more with that number two draft pick label. So go out there and do it, young guy. Young guy? That was weird. Yeah, he's older than you. Is he? No, Saquon. He's around, I, I think I think we're around the same age. Well, he has a, a kid. So concept. anyone that has a kid, I just is older than Justin and Danny Oh, I forgot for he had a kid. That's... Yeah, right before yeah. the they had it right before the draft. Um, all right, Justin, read the ad. Yeah, um, that giant factor segment was sponsored by Sports Management Worldwide. They are the global leaders in online business sports education. They teach people how to work on the business side of sports. All their classes are taught by industry professionals. Your mentors have been in the game you want to work in and have done the jobs you want to do. I guarantee you SMWW recognizes the importance of explosive plays, unlike Jason Garrett and the Giants. They have graduates that work for all 32 NFL teams, including Patrick Hanscom, who's an area scout for the Giants. Patrick Hanscom definitely does believe in explosive plays. SMWW, they can train you to be an agent, a scout, work in the front office, and work with film using digital video editing tools like XOS Thunder 
That is used by all 32 teams. Learn from people like former Tampa Bay GM Mark Dominic, football analytics gurus Aaron Schatz and Mike Trainer of Football Outsiders. I love me some Football Outsiders. I have a subscription. Football player development from former NFL coach Steve Fairchild. Learn the skills and knowledge you need to work in football at all levels and turn your dream into reality. And they may not be able to teach again. They have here on the ad read that you may not be able to teach Danny Dimes to finish off an 80-yard run, but I'm going to change it. They may not be able to teach Jason Garrett the value of letting Daniel Jones throw down the field, but they can teach you how to work in football. So apply free at smww.com. Use the discount code GIANTS for $50 off of the course of your choice. The offer They offer courses in football, baseball, basketball, soccer, and so much more. If you have always dreamed of a job working in sports, Sports Management Worldwide can help you from, from sports betting to esports, sports broadcasting, Hey, maybe I should take a course. I'm calling a high school game this weekend. They have the what you know and who you know to get you in the game that you love. Thank you to SMWW. $50 off the first course of your choice with the code Giants. I think they could teach Jason Garrett. Maybe Jason Garrett should take a course there. Like, I believe in SMWW. They could teach Jason Garrett. All right, pick them. Now, I kind of hate this change, but it's necessary because our pick them was becoming... It's just hard to not pick pick the favorites. And then if you're not, you're, you're trying to be different and making picks you're not believing. So... We are incorporating the spread, which I hate because it just makes it so much more complicated, but we are incorporating the spread. So week one wasn't with the spread. I went, me and Danny went seven and one. Justin, the listeners went four and four. The listeners this week are uh, represented by Ben Butler of the UK. First game, we got Panthers or Saints at Panthers, Panthers uh, plus three at home. The listeners are going Saints minus three. I'm going the Panthers plus three. I think the I think the Panthers are going to win this game. But if they lose, they'll they'll lose by two. So I, I'm going Panthers plus three. Danny, do you know how the spreads work? Because I kind of explained it to Justin. You kind of did, but like, uh, so here here's what I'm going to do. This I'm picking the Saints to win. However, I believe it'll be what clo- it'll be un- closer with three points. So how does that go? Saying again? Then you would say Panthers plus three, but I have the Saints winning the game. Okay, I got Panthers plus three, but I do have the Saints winning. Okay. Justin. Panthers plus three. Ooh, we're agreeing on something with the spread. First first that? pick of the spread, we're all agreeing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something about the listeners' picks at the end, but I'll, I'll wait for the end. We got Rams at Colts. Rams are, are an underdog or a, a, a favorite on the road. The Colts have plus four. The listeners go uh, pick the Rams minus four. I'm not all in on the Rams hype yet. And I think I think uh, the Colts are going to have something game that planned up for them. Uh, I am going with the home dog in the Colts. Colts plus four, but the Rams will win by three points. So, but I, it's Colts plus four. Justin, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go Rams minus four. I mean, Matt Stafford's spray chart um, uh, in terms of NFL next gen was really really fun. Had some huge explosive plays. Um, it was probably the most fun spray chart to look at from over the weekend in terms of how he kind of distributed the ball. So I'm going to go Rams minus four. Danny, uh, give me the Rams. Uh, the Rams minus four. Yes, Rams minus four. Next we have Bills at Dolphins. Dolphins are underdogs at home. They have plus three. Listeners went Bills minus three. I am also going uh, Bills minus three. I think the Bills are just going to win this game. I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns. So I, yeah. I got the Bills in this game. Danny, yeah, just give me the Bills minus three. Dude, does anyone circle the wagons like them? No one. It, it's. I think. I think there's scientific evidence that it's physically impossible to circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. It's just not possible. I mean, you can try your hardest, but you're just gonna fail. It's just impossible. Justin. Yeah, I think the Bills are too good to have two duds of a game back to back. Um, and I'm not fully believing in Tua hype yet. So, give me Bills minus three. Raiders at Steelers. Big Raiders game win on Monday night, which was just chaotic. By the way, the Eli Payton like. Is great, like it yes. really is. It started off kind of bumpy, and I I didn't think it was going to be good going into. It. I was like, they're going to try and just be funny the entire time. They're going to be gimmicky, uh, but they really like it's awesome. Like it's it's honestly it's the best way to watch football if your team's not playing in the game. Uh, Justin, who do you have in this one? So Steelers are big home favorites, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going Raider or Ra- Raiders. Um, Raiders plus six. Danny. I'm going Raiders to win. Raiders are winning this game. I feel like they're going to win this game. And so that means I guess they're going to have to... Yeah, so just give me the Raiders, whatever that means. 
Well, they're plus six, so even if you, they lost by five, you would pick them. But you're picking them to win, so it's definitely. I'm picking on the win. Bam. Picking them outright. I'm kind of in on. I'm back in on the Steelers. I know they they kind of puttered, you know, sputtered out at the end of last year, but they're a good team with a ton of talent. And the Raiders are like the most inconsistent team in the NFL. Like one week you think they can, you know, challenge the Chiefs, and the other week it's like this is this team is dog crap. The Steelers are consistent. I'm going Steelers minus six. Vikings at Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by four minus four. Um, Steelers listeners went Steelers minus six. The, the listeners go Cardinals minus four. Danny, who do you have in this one? I got, I got the Cardinals winning, but I'm, I'm the Vikings are going to keep it close. So Vikings plus four. Yeah, Justin. I think Cardinals are going to win big. Um, I'm getting kind of really frustrated with the Vikings. Vikings are a team every year that I want to believe in. Um, that loss last week to Cincinnati when Cincinnati does not have that great of a roster. I mean, they did nothing to improve their offensive line and Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach and they got, they got screwed. The, the Vikings got screwed last year with all their opt outs. And the fact that they come out week one with such a dud and they lose to the Bengals and the Cardinals and Kyler, Ky- Kyler Murray is really scary. Good right now. So give me Cardinals minus four. I'm going to keep it honest for a second. I completely forgot the Vikings lost last week. I'm not changing the pick. I'm sticking with it. That's on me, but I completely Once I write it down, lost. it's done. Anyways. No, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of – the Vikings are going down. Like, I think it's going to be a bad – they're going to blow it up at the end of this year. It's so upsetting. really is. Chandler Jones is dominant. And I don't want to overreact to one game. But he had five sacks, like tackles for a loss, strip sacks. I mean, it was the most dominant performance I've seen in a long time for a defensive player. So, the Cardinal Kyler usually starts the season out hot, and teams uh, seem to adjust to him a little bit. Um, but with that, I mean, I, I'm out on the Vikings. I'm kind of in on the Cardinals as a wild card team this year, so I'm going Cardinals minus four. Titans, who the Cardinals beat at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by five and a half minus five and a half. Listeners go minus five and a half. I'm, I'm the Titans are not going to crap the bed two weeks in a row. I'm going no. Titans plus five and a half. Titans, it's a bad defense in Seattle. They're going to take advantage of that. Um, I'm going Titans plus five and a half. Justin. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, this is probably the most shocking line this week. I would say the Raiders minus uh, Steelers minus six is a little shocking too. But yeah, there's no way the Titans are getting beat like that two weeks in a row. So give me Titans plus five and a half. I, 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 I love the Titans. Yeah, give me the Titans five and a half. Cowboys at Chargers. Chargers are favored by three at home. Listeners went with Chargers. I'm going Chargers as well. Demarcus Lawrence out, who looked like their best player last week. Hmm, I want to be different, so I'm going to do it. Give me Cowboys. Cowboys minus three. This is the game you chose to be different on? Cowboys plus three, excuse me. Um, Division rival. Do you think they're going to win the game? I think they're going to win the game. I do. uh, Justin Herbert really struggled on early downs last week. He was really good on third down. I mean, (laughs) it was crazy if you look at the Chargers' uh, third down uh, efficiency rate overall, like, you know, versus for... What do they call that? Third down conversion rate. Thank you, Justin. If they look at their conversion rate, it was really bananas, but their early down efficiency wasn't that great, and they probably should have scored more points against Washington if you know if we're looking at just overall expectations for the Chargers. Bobby Skinner is sneezing in the background, and it's one of my favorite things in the world. I think the Cowboys are going to win. They actually play the Buccaneers really well, and if they can clean up a lot of their turnovers um, you know, and their penalties, they can, they can easily put together a good product. Danny. Uh, I'm going to pick should have been New York Giants quarterback Justin Herbert and the Chargers to defeat the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Chargers minus three for Danny. And last one, Chiefs at Baltimore plus three. I want to be in on Baltimore, but the Chiefs just own them, and, they, and the Baltimore came off. So I'm going I'm going Chiefs minus three. The listeners also went Chiefs minus three. All right, what are you guys doing? We're going to be streaming for this game, by the way, on the Talking Football channel. This is a Sunday night, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just Chiefs are just gonna win. Like, they, yeah, like you said, they always own Baltimore. It feels like we hype this game up, and Patrick Mahomes is probably gonna be yeah, so Chiefs minus three. Yeah, Baltimore struggling um, with their health, with a lot of their a lot of the guys uh, not being healthy, and Lamar Jackson didn't look as wonderful as I or as good as I thought he would be as a passer. So, Chiefs is Chiefs Ravens modern modern day Patriots Colts with the Colts being the Ravens and the Chiefs Ooh. being the Patriots. No. I mean, um, Peyton, it was like, oh, he can't win the playoffs. I mean, I mean, Lamar actually won in the playoffs quicker than Peyton did. Um, I think it's going to eventually turn into Mahomes and Herbert. 
Yeah, that's a divisional rival, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. All right, so oh, yeah. here's what I noticed about Ben Butler for his representing listeners. He picked a favorite in every single one. Okay. It was everyone minus, which is... That's fine. Um, I just thought that was interesting. All right, game predictions. What? Danny, what's the score of Giants-Washington? You see this behind me? This is a lovely event that took place in Washington on Sunday. That they're just, she was just, it broke over some poor innocent fans. Unbelievable. It's a sign they of the stadium. Innocent fans. They're Washington fans. That is true. They are Washington fans. It's a sign of how bad the stadium is. I think it's going to be a sign of what this game's going to be. I'm going to be honest. I'm, 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 I'm feeling like a Justin this week. I'm picking the Giants to lose this game. I just can't pick them after what I saw last week. Oh, no. It's just, it's too hard for me. I wanted to win because I want to. When I'm going to week three, I want to feel good about going to see this team. But right now, I don't. Giants are going to lose, uh, twenty-four to thirteen. Justin, Giants are going to win. Um, I think they're going to have more opportunities on the offense side of the ball, and I'm going to pick them to win twenty-seven to twenty. Twenty-seven. That's the most points the, sco- the offense scored last year. You know what? And that's I'm um, I'm I'm feeling good. I am. I'm not feeling good, and I will feel really bad if this team ends up zero and two. Do not go zero and two. And if they go zero and two, and the offense looks similar, it's, it's we're gonna be calling for some stuff. We're gonna be calling for some stuff. Yep. I'm serious, man. Don't don't do it, Giants. Win this game. Treat this like a must win. No, like we have we have the Falcons, who might be the worst team in the week uh, league in week three. Get to an opportunity where you can be two and one. Giants seventy seven, Washington zero. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back with a podcast Friday morning out for you on YouTube Friday morning. So we'll see you then. We appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go big blue.